Foreigners called it Peking and other locals called it Beiping. Today, it's Beijing, a vastly different city than it was in 1937, unlike the mega city it is today. A time of conflict and the looming threat of Japanese rule and the ongoing political unrest caused by the rise of the Communist Party in China impacted the ancient capital. The city was entrenched in a vicious cycle of crime, corruption and poverty, which contrasted the wealth of the city's foreign residents who called Peiping home. A young woman living in Peiping was tragically murdered. This is the brutal and heartbreaking unsolved murder of Pamela Warner. I'm Kat, and you're listening to Crimes Untold. Crimes Untold is a weekly true crime podcast that presents cases you've never heard of before. I seek to give a voice to cold cases and missing persons and everything in between. If you want to hear about cases that have not been told, then Crimes Untold is your newest true crime podcast obsession. If you want to support the show, then you might want to support us on Patreon for a monthly subscription with benefits like ad-free exclusive episodes, merch, and choices on what cases we'll cover next. Besides supporting the show on Patreon, you want to also share the show with friends and family and give a five-star rating and leaving reviews wherever you get your podcasts. Please find links to our Facebook page, Instagram, and all other social media in this episode's show notes. This episode contains disturbing and violent themes that some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised for listeners under 18. All information gathered in this episode is from public open sources. While discussing this case, the utmost respect is given to the victims, their family, friends, and loved ones. Edward Theodore Chalmers Warner, also known as ETC Warner, was 45 years old and a retired consul and sinologist with extensive knowledge in Chinese language, history, and culture. Edward was a New Zealand-born British citizen who hailed from an heir to the Perusian royal empire in Russia. Edward married Gladys Nina Ravenshaw, who was just 22 years old in 1911. Besides their age gap, sadly not much is known about Gladys. Edward and Gladys Warner eventually moved to Peking after Edward accepted a position as a diplomat for the British government in China in 1917. In 1919, they adopted a girl they named Pamela at the age of two and whose biological parents were said to be Russian refugees fleeing turmoil in their homeland and living in China. In 1922, tragedy hits the family when Gladys dies at 35 years old after a long battle with an illness that is not specified. She left behind Pamela, who was only five years old, to be raised by Edward Warner. Gladys is described and remembered as a girl of the British Empire. After the death of Gladys, Edward and Pamela still lived within the Legacy Quarter, a safe compound for foreigners separate from the locals and the city falling apart around them. The Legacy Quarter had European-designed buildings, parks, restaurants, and even clubs for wild parties that the rich foreigners partook in. 
It was like living in a bubble of luxury, wealth, and safety. Outside the Legatia Quarter was a dangerous area called the Badlands. It contained gambling debts and brothel houses. Not many wealthy foreigners wandered around in that area, but foreigners who lost their way and needed money would gamble, sell drugs, or do sex work in the Badlands to survive. This information becomes important later. So Pamela's early life was filled with tragedy, but regardless, she grew up to be a bright and fun-loving 19-year-old. According to some sources, she was still a student, but in other sources, this information is not mentioned. Not many wealthy foreigners lived outside the Legatia Quarter, but some artists and scholars chose to live just outside the quarter to experience the real Chinese culture. The Warners lived on a street called the Armour Factory Alley in a traditionally Chinese laneway, a home called a hutong. Pamela was truly free-spirited and fearless, who really enjoyed life and living in a vibrant city as Peking. She was often seen in the city riding her bike through the alleyways and going in and out of stores. Everything was new and exotic. The Chinese locals dressed in their traditional clothing and merchants sold various goods from their vast travels. Pamela was a smart woman who spoke Mandarin fluently. She felt comfortable and safe being in the city alone. Remember, she was born and raised in China. She was very excited as she would be leaving to continue her studies in England. It was her last few days in Peking. However, everything changed on January 8th, 1937. A cold night, Pamela was doing what she loved most, ice skating with friends. After ice skating, she planned to ride her bike home. Her friends voiced their disapproval and worry for her safety. According to some sources, Pamela responded by saying, quote, I've been alone all my life. I am afraid of nothing, nothing. And besides, Peking is the safest city in the world, unquote. Her words are haunting considering her fate will lead to her death that same night. She left her friends around 7 p.m. The the Fox Tower is a tall structure made of grey brick looming over the city that once served as a watchtower for the safety of the city, which is on a wall called the Tata Wall. Many cities in China have such walls still intact today, so this particular wall is said to date back to the Ming Dynasty. The locals avoided the tower because they believed it was the home of the evil fox spirits. So in ancient Chinese mythology, fox spirits can transform into beautiful women who could poison men and cause them to lose their memories and knowledge. They also had the power to know everything about someone just by looking at them, and a lot of people found this frightening. The early morning light gave way to a gruesome discovery by a local man walking his songbird when he notices a pack of dogs circling something on the ground. When he went to go and investigate, he sees the body of Pamela Warner along the Tata wall. The fox tower was looking and looming down on her mutilated body. So Pamela's father, Edward, was worried when she didn't return home. So he reportedly went out looking for her and found a group of locals surrounding something. And that's when he found his daughter. None of the locals had called the police yet. Pamela was badly beaten and raped. Her body was covered by a thin layer of ice, and horrifically, her eyes were frozen open from the drastic winter cold. She was found in a ditch along the wall. Her body tells a brutal story of violence. Her heart was ripped out of her chest. She was missing her liver, bladder, and kidneys. She had a large cut to her throat. It was suspected that this was a failed attempt at decapitating, and her right arm was barely still on her body as it was severely cut as well. The unsuccessful attempt at decapitation had two main theories. 
lack of time or the killer being interrupted or the killer just being lazy as there was significant amount of evidence left behind at the scene. Due to a lack of forensic technology back then and DNA was still not even a thing, it was discovered later that Pamela's cause of death was trauma to her head, probably from being hit with a heavy object. Beside her body, her membership card for the ice skating rink and an expensive watch left to her by her mother were left at the scene. To investigators, it seemed robbery was not the motive for the crime as the watch was left behind. Pamela was viciously attacked and her brutalized body was unrecognizable. The watch was what linked her body to identity and of course her father was there to make a positive identification. The city lit up with rumors and fear. The wealthy white daughter of a British diplomat was murdered, signaled to everyone that no one was safe anymore. Besides the newspaper's constant coverage of the gruesome details of Pamela's murder, there was a more pressing and urgent problem that entrenched the city in fear as parts of China were slowly falling into Japanese occupation, which put everyone in Peking on edge. Several theories quickly emerged about the night Pamela was murdered, the night of January 8, 1937. The timeline of events of the night has never been clearly established at the time of the original investigation and the many years since. The following information is all assumed. So after leaving the ice skating rink without her friends, Pamela either had dinner with a student friend or instead went to a party held by an American dentist named Wentworth Prentice. So Wentworth Prentice was known for hosting these wild parties at his home with other prominent foreigners and his friends. The parties, these parties usually had illegal activities, but the local police looked the other way as these were foreigners that they didn't want to upset. These two different theories of Pamela's movements that night came about from two men today. They both wrote books on the case. So we have Paul French, who brought the long-forgotten murder of Pamela to public attention in 2013 when he wrote Midnight in Peking, which became a New York Times bestseller. French wrote the book after he found Edward Warner's letters to the British and Chinese officials. These letters were kept in the British National Archives, which then became the basis of his book. Then we have Graham Shepard, a retired British policeman from London's Metropolitan Police Department, who wrote the rival book, A Death in Peking, as he didn't agree with Paul French's theories of the crime. Paul French believes that Pamela attended a party at the house of the American dentist Wentworth Prentice, and something had gone wrong, which led to Pamela's accidental death. However, Graham Shepard believes that Pamela was murdered by the student friend she had dinner with that night. I have to mention here that Graham Shepard's wife's grandfather was Nicholas Fitzmaurice, who was the British Consul General at the time, whose inquest into the murder ended in an open finding. Edward Warner had a tense relationship with Fitzmaurice because years before Pamela was murdered, Warner and Fitzmaurice had a disagreement on what to do with ancient Chinese artifacts that they had found in the city. Warner wanted to leave the artifacts in China and assign a British official to manage it, essentially while Fitzmaurice insisted the artifacts should be taken to England. With their past relationship already strained, it's understandable that Warner blamed Fitzmaurice for failing to catch his daughter's killer, because in his eyes, Fitzmaurice didn't put effort into Pamela's case. It was Shepard's wife who brought the case to him after she read Paul French's book, and some might say that Shepard wrote this rival book in defense of his wife's grandfather, who she never met, but he claims he did his own research and investigation before he wrote the book. I'll stop here for a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more of the story. According to Paul French, Pamela was willing to attend the supposed party at Whitworth Prentice's house because he was her dentist previously and she most likely knew most of the party guests. 
Apparently, the party was in honor of the Russian Orthodox Christmas, but the party was going to pop off in a neighborhood just west of the city that has a dark and seedy underbelly known as the Badlands. French's theory is that there was never a party, it was a ruse to lure Pamela to a brothel known simply as Number 28 by a group of men that she may have known whom were friends with Wentworth Prentice. Regardless of the theories, Pamela is found murdered in the early morning hours just 750 feet from her house. Edward Warner was heartbroken at the loss of his daughter. He felt the police weren't doing everything they could to solve the case. He wrote to England for support, made a list of suspects he thought might have killed Pamela, and even went to locations tied to her murder, like the brothels in the Badlands. Others were disturbed by his obsessiveness towards solving Pamela's murder. Some even thought he had killed her because he was one of the first people to find her body. Edward Warner was known to be strict towards Pamela and even sometimes had violent outbursts. He hated whenever she came home late or brought a boy home. But French and Shepard agreed that Edward Warner had not killed his daughter and it seems he was never a suspect or a person of interest during the original investigation at the time. One of the suspects that Warner focused on during his own investigation was the friend that Pamela supposedly had dinner with the night she died. Many believed that it was her Chinese boyfriend Han Xiaoxing. Edward Warner even confessed to punching him in the face once. Police at the time investigated Han Xiaoxing because of his closeness to Pamela and taking her heart was a sign of revenge. Police Other suspects on Warner's list included a rickshaw puller who was apparently seen covered in blood and the headmaster at Pamela's grammar school who had been inappropriate with her and made sexual advances towards her. There is no further information to state whether or not the Chinese or British police investigated Warner's theories or suspects. I would be interested to find out why the rickshaw puller was covered in blood and if he was ever identified. What's more interesting to me is the headmaster at Pamela's school. Pamela must have told her father that he had been inappropriate with her, but why wasn't he ever investigated? And if he was, then there is no information to state that that had actually happened. There is a lot of loose ends in this story, which is very frustrating. The facts of the crime point to someone who knew Pamela, as this was a sexually motivated crime and not a robbery. Also, I believe it's someone who knew she would be leaving the city soon and had taken the chance to kill her then. Also, many foreigners knew who she was and that she regularly went to the ice skating rink. Is it so far-fetched to think that someone might have waited outside for her and then attacked her? But, but listeners, these are just my assumptions and it's all speculation. Other theories include Chinese traditions of using human organs for spiritual practices and traditional medicines, so blaming the locals as suspects was the thought of many, especially the foreigners. Another theory was that Pamela was killed for a political reason, meaning someone in the British embassy might know something, as letters were found by Paul French while writing his book that held that notion, but I could only find this in one source, so take it with a grain of salt. Pamela was the daughter of a diplomat and consul. She was well-connected and known by many foreigners in the city. She was popular and well-liked, but she might also have been the perfect political target. However, the reasons for such a theory has never been investigated. Regardless of all these theories, no one really knows what happened to Pamela after she left the ice skating rink. She did tell her friends that she was going home, and we know she never made it that far, but was attacked by someone or multiple people close to her house. In the end, Pamela's death goes unsolved as the Japanese invaded Peking. In 1943, Edward Warner is forced to flee and leave everything behind as other foreigners were gathered and put into detention camps in the Shandong province. In a twist of fate, Edward Warner and the man he suspected killed his daughter, Wentworth Prentice, were in the same camp. That's right, Edward Warner had put Wentworth Prentice on his suspect list. 
At the camp, Prentice was working on people's teeth with any equipment he could find. Warner even confronted him ranting and raving like a madman, as people thought he went insane. He openly accused Prentice of killing his daughter. So, surviving the camp, Warner now, in his 80s, unsuccessfully tried to convince the British Foreign Office to try and open his daughter's case. Wentworth Prentice later died in the Legacia Quarter in 1947. Han Xiaoxing was killed by the Japanese military, according to Edward Warner, but there is no evidence to say this is true. Warner continued to live in China and became one of only 30 British nationals still living in post-war Peking in October 1951, now known as Beijing and controlled by the Communist Party. Eventually, Warner returned to England for the first time since 1917 at age 89. Apparently, there was no one alive who knew him, and his funeral was short and no one attended it. Pamela Warner's final resting place was destroyed, and she's now somewhere underneath Beijing's second ring road. It's been 85 years since the murder of Pamela Warner, and the case doesn't become any less heartbreaking, and the details aren't any less gruesome. This is one of those cases that is forever seared into the minds of anyone who learns of it. Her father, friends, and those who loved Pamela have long since passed away. There is no one who remembers her story, no one who is seeking justice for her, and the killer who got away with murder. Sadly, this is often the fate of cold cases that are this old, but listeners, let's keep Pamela's story in our hearts and minds so she is never forgotten. That's it for this week's case, and can I just say that this episode was a hard one to cover? Not only is it an older case, which means sources are few, and usually there is conflicted information which is difficult to gather and put into an episode, but there's the emotional side of this case because it is so gruesome and it's just all around sad. There is so many theories on what happened to Pamela and I hope one day we'll have answers, but it's an 85-year-old case and DNA evidence was never preserved, so I don't know how likely it is that it might actually be solved. So, so listeners, if you want to discuss this case in more detail, please join the Facebook page and don't forget to check out Crimes Untold Podcast on Instagram, where I'll be posting sources, photos, and more about this case. Links to social media accounts can be found in the show notes. This episode has been researched, written, and produced by me, your host, Kat. Join me next week as we dive into another true crime case. This is Crimes Untold. Stay safe and take care of yourselves.